Welcome to Climbing the Pocket Network's In the Huddle, where your favorite Climbing the Pocket personalities get together and talk all things Minnesota Vikings. All right. We are here. We are live back in the huddle. Almost the full crew. Not the full crew, but we are here. We are ready to talk some Vikings. As the man Tyler just said in the comments, it's time for some Vikings propaganda. And uh, before we get things going, we, we, we do have an announcement from, uh, from producer Dave. So, Dave, take it away. Let the folks know what's going on. Let them know that, like, nothing stops you from putting on a show. Oh, heck Talk no. to the people, Dave. Um, right now, I'm in the middle of what we grew up calling a toad floater of a thunderstorm. I've already had a tornado hop. Well, my family, I guess. <laughs> we already had a tornado uh, skip to the north of us within five miles. This show is a go. The only thing that will ever stop it is if I lose power or internet. So, I want everybody to enjoy because we have In the Huddle with your favorite Climb in the Pocket personalities, including the sex goddess, Yinka Allende oh, wow. himself, oh, wow. for all the ladies. <laughs> Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson has been has been upgraded. Everybody uh, have a great <laughs> night. I will be behind the scenes. All right. Well, I don't know how I can top that introduction. Uh, what's up, y'all? Jason Brown here. I will be hosting with uh, the sex god himself, apparently, the sexy prince, my man. <laughs> man. How you doing? How you been? <laughs> I'm getting more uh, praise than I have all year, so this is good, y'all. Keep it coming. There. there we go. Tyler's loving the camera. How far we've come from, you know, the grainy dial-up. Yinka in here coming through with some lighting, some camera. We love it. Miles, my man. What up? How you doing? Yinka and I, How you been? Yinka's on the move. Yinka's on the move somewhere, so I think we're good. That's a first. He's always in the car, always on his phone. He's, you know, he's he's stable right now. It's, it's kind of weird to see, man. I'm happy for you, dog. I mean, you know, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of changes in year thirty. So, you know. Hey, this is how, this is how you know Yink is not single no more. This is how you know. Yeah. Ah. Stability. He's got that stability in his life, man. It's stability. Ah. We know where we can find him. He's either at it's work or he's at home on right. camera. Right, like, and you can and you can be and you don't have to be uh, in a relationship to be stable, but like you can just tell. <laughs> but but Yinka does. But Yinka does. All right. Well, let's hop into this thing. Let's do this. Let's talk about it. Uh, it finally happened. The Vikings put together uh, a fairly complete game. Miles, even though Ryan was in here talking some smack about what you were saying last week, you know, the defensive strategy, keep Russ in the pocket, try to slow him yep. down, make him work from in there. In the second half, seemed to... Seemed to, to to catch on. The Vikings defense turned things away, turned things around after what looked like it was going to be just a straight shootout from beginning to end. And uh, Kirk Cousins has continued his hot start to the season. He is balling, playing some of the best football we've probably ever seen him play. Uh, Prince, I'm gonna go to you first. As you're looking at this Vikings team now, um, this was a game that I think a lot of folks went into in part because it's Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson just doesn't lose to the Vikings until this past week. Kind of chalked this up. It was going to be a loss, but the Vikings went out there and, and they handled their business and Kirk outplayed Russell Wilson, which is not something that you're 
used to maybe saying out loud. Prince, given what you've seen so far and the fact that Kirk has been playing as well as he in, QB is the most important position, couple fluky things in the first couple of games. This team could be in a different spot. How are you feeling about the Vikings? How good can they really be as we really spin this thing forward? Yeah, I think I think what we see with the Vikings is we see a team that can be a playoff contender team, right? Um, they have functionality at the quarterback position. They have weapons on the offensive line, or not offensive line, but offensive weapons. Um, you know, when healthy Dalvin Cook is 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 a top back in the league. Um, and you also have, I mean, if, if Zimmer can put together a decent performance, you have a good defense. Um, so, you, like like you had said in the beginning, Jason, it, it, this could be a 3-0 team, except for 1-2 right now. Uh, I, I will say our games will get more tough as we kind of go throughout the season. Uh, but as you said, Kirk's been playing good football. I do want to say this, though. It's, I see this a lot, right? Because I didn't expect the Vikings to win at all. I think. Kirk Cousins have had a, a string of three really good games, right? I think the problem is, is when he plays poorly, it's either the all or nothing. He's either the worst quarterback in the league to a, a subsection of people, or he is MVP. And it's not enough for us to say like, hey, Kirk's been playing really, really well. I don't think he's MVP quality right now. Um, I think he's playing very, very well. Um but I wouldn't put him in contention for being MVP. And I don't think anybody can deny uh, the way that he's played over the last three games has been really, really good. And I think it's just, as, it's just as simple to say it as that is he's played really, really well. He's not an MVP, but he's playing really well. And I think he's part of the reason why the Vikings, um, you know, they've been in contention for a lot of those games. Um, <clears throat> so as we look at this team moving forward, um, if he can continue to play at this level, as well as the Zim can, you know, get the defense to, I think, having a, a decent game that they had this last game, um, you might see us uh, not be that that 0-2 starting team or 1-2 starting team. You know, we might end the season being a, you know, uh, being a team that we're talking about in the playoffs. Now, will we go beyond that? Not sure, but I think this is definitely so a playoff team. Let's, let's get into some of that because... Yo, the Vikings, um, and this is something that noted Kirk Cousins' hater per our social media, Eric Eager. He basically told us that the season was going to start off with Kirk looking amazing. Just based on kind of what he was looking at with the teams we were going to face early in the season. We even have Brian saying it in the comments right now that the Vikings, the past defenses the Vikings have, have squared off again against haven't been the best, right? And so... As we're starting to try to project what this team really is, like, Miles, I guess, where are you at with it? Because it's undeniable. Kirk is doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's playing decisive. He's playing great football. But some things that have changed, his time to throw is amongst the shortest in the league. So he's not really pushing the ball as much. His average depth of target has come down quite a bit from where it's been over the past couple of years. And so... It's a weird thing where Kirk is almost playing the best football of his career while also doing some of the dink and duck stuff that really maybe wasn't fair before as a criticism of him, but he's really doing it now and the, and the offense is humming. So like miles, when you think about like that, like those different factors of like the way the Vikings are playing also the fact that they haven't played the toughest defensive competition, like how are you rating Kirk and how are you looking ahead? Yeah. To, to Yinka's point, I mean, 
Kirk's playing a playing fantastic. It's a three three game stretch that's been that's been phenomenal. You know, really really high level. Um, what we've been expecting, what we expect from Kirk, essentially week in and week out. You're not always going to get high level high level games every week, but um, our expectation should have been like at this type of level for Kirk since he's been here. And I think sometimes people lower those expectations, which is fine. The one thing I wouldn't do, I think, uh, where was it? Uh, yeah, you mentioned it too, Jason. Brian brought up a great point. Um, you'd like to, I want to see how they handle some better defenses as they get into the, the heart of the season. Um, they're still one and two. So I think, yes, Kirk is playing really well. Kirk isn't the reason they're not three and oh, or not, or excuse me, Kirk's not the reason they're one and two. Like they should be two and one, three and oh. Kirk, Kirk was a big reason they should be winning those football games. I'm not not trying not trying to deny that at all. The one thing I want to be hesitant about, though, is we've seen stretches of this from Kirk Cousins. This isn't some this isn't new. Like Kirk Cousins playing at a high level isn't new. It's actually pretty normal for him. Uh, he might not always do it to start of the season, but he has a four, five, six game stretch every year where you're like, oh man, this dude's one of the best quarterbacks, top seven, you know, top ten quarterback in the league. Uh, type of play. So what I, I'm hesitant about is being all in on Kirk Cousins for the whole season. Let's start seeing that consistency. I just want to make sure we see this consistently week in and week out. You know, I want to make sure we're seeing this Kirk Cousins being the Kirk Cousins we get for a whole season, because that's when we're going to see the the two games they lost the first two, first two games. You're going to get some of those back if Kirk Cousins is playing this way in, in Dece- November, December, January. You're going to get some of those games back where you beat you beat some really good football teams because your quarterback's continuously playing at a high level. Um, so I think we're at a point where I, I just want to see it. I just want to see it more. That's all. Like I have no doubt that Kirk can do it. I don't think anyone's ever said Kirk couldn't be a, a high level quarterback. It's they just want to see the consistency, and I've always kind of said that. So that's what I just want to see. I'm not I'm not trying to deny anything he's done to, to date. It's three weeks. Let's just chill out on the MVP talk. Like, I think people are so quick to like make really rash, really big, bold decisions or, or like ideas that like that we need to put him in the MVP category. We're one and two. So like the people are like, you Kirk doubters and all that stuff. Let's just chill out. Like, let's just let the season play out a little bit more. And if, if this can continue and they can roll, rattle off some wins against some good football teams, then let's start talking about that stuff. Let's just let's just take a, a chill pill about it. Right now, um, I think I think can it was I, David. That Miles, can I ask you a question? Yeah, can I ask you yeah, a yeah. question about it? Because so there's something that we're talking about now, and it's funny because Mary brought it up in the comments a little bit earlier, talking about like it feels like we have leadership uh, on this team yeah. in a way that feels different. And earlier in the season, like one of the things that looked different, like first game, Kirk didn't really look settled, didn't really just like. And, like, the offense seemed a bit, like, listless. Didn't seem that there was any leadership. No one was really getting people going. Just didn't look great. In this game in particular, and really the last couple, like, Kirk has played some of the most decisive football that we've seen him play. And he seems fired up. He seems fired up. And he seems to really be out there motivating and leading in ways that we haven't seen from him in times past. Help me understand, like, what do you attribute – this change of heart and like this more vocal leadership, this more fired up Kirk Cousins that we're yep. seeing out there. And do you feel like that might be the thing that can maybe take this team to the next level where we do have that leadership that maybe we've been talking about for right. a long time and that can help us go to those heights? He no, needs no, to that, secure that, the bag. 
Well, well, yeah, we, we don't need to get into that. Uh, but that Seth, Seth, that's literally what I was just going to talk about. I'm not trying to debate Kirk Cousins. I'm Kirk Cousins is playing fantastic. I'm just saying the Vikings played a fantastic game on Sunday. They're still one and two. So I'm not trying to like, I think we get into these situations when they were one, they, they lost the first game. You know, the, the sky's falling. They lost the second game. The sky's falling. Now they win a game. Now they're ready to be a playoff team. I just think I hate the roller coaster. Let's just let things play out a little bit more and stop having the, the grandiose, Every game has to be a has to be a deciding factor on the season. So let's, that's all I'm asking. But to Jason's point, I think the biggest decision or the biggest difference we're seeing, and you're hearing it from Mike Zimmer, is their relationship. I think the Mike Zimmer Kirk Cousins relationship. I'm hoping it's not too late. I'm really I really am because it feels like they finally decided between the both of them that they're going to develop a relationship with each other, have that open communication because I think they both know what's on the line this season. I, again, I hope it's not too late, but I think what we're seeing is that relationship being a stronger uh, build is is actually showing across the team. The team that, I, as we were saying in like August in, in the summer, there was tension. If Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins are are relieving some of that tension because they're re, they're rebuilding their relationship together, that in itself is just gonna it, it's a trickle down from the whole team. If the whole team's feeling that from from Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins, you're gonna feel the confidence come. And then that's when you're going to start seeing this team win more football games. So as we see that relationship build, you're going to see a better overall team. And so I, like I said, I just hope that relationship starting isn't too late because I think them having a strong relationship is important. And so if they're going to continue that, I think you're going to see really good, consistent football. And so as long as they can keep that up, um, I think we should see, we should see a good product on the field. Awesome. Miles, give me a weapons check. Talk to me about this game. Talk to me about how all the other players, because, you know, we've been uh, we've been taken to task here. Seth said he wants some good vibes. He doesn't want to talk about Kirk anymore. And Seth's not like we're talking. We're saying wonderful things about Kirk. Why does that bring you down? There's no debate here. We're all saying Kirk Cousins is playing great football. That's not a debate. Kirk is balling right now. No debate in that. But we're going to move it along because we don't want to make Seth upset. Let's talk about some of the other <laughs> players on the offense. Some of the other players who are also balling. Wide receivers, they were showing out. Miles, what are you seeing out there? What's different? Is there anything different? Kirk's doing his thing, but with the ball coming out as, as quickly as it is, the wide receivers are also doing their thing after the catch, getting open quickly. What are you seeing when you look out there to see kind of what else is contributing to the Vikings being as successful as they are on offense? I think the one thing we saw, I think we're seeing the evolution of Clint Kubiak. I think Clint Kubiak came in with a game plan on Sunday and he executed it. They were able to do a lot of pre-stat motion. They were able, they worked in a lot of different um, formations. You saw a lot of bunch, which I think uh, I think the the weapons they have in the past game, if you can go bunch, you're going to find a lot of different guys get open. So I was really excited to see that. Um, I also, we talked about this and this isn't to take away from the Vikings. The Seahawks defense looked trash. They were terrible. They had no, they didn't adjust to anything. And so like the Vikings use a lot of pre-snap motion because you want to identify what the coverage is. The Seahawks never seemed to change their coverage based off the pre-snap motion. So if they were reading um, man or they're reading zone in in those pre-snap motions, they they stayed in those situations. They didn't bump, they didn't move. It was, it was pretty much straight up. So Kirk was able to see that, identify that early and he was able to exploit it. And when you got weapons like Adam Phelan, Justin Jefferson, and you got an emerging KJ Osborne, you got an emerging Tyler Conklin, those guys are going to take advantage of that. And so 
um, Adam Thielen and um, and Justin Jefferson they ate up that that zone coverage too. That they just ate it up. I mean, those guys are so good at finding the at finding the weaknesses. And so if you can exploit a, a zone coverage, those guys are gonna eat it up, and they're gonna find the yak like we saw with Justin Jefferson on Sunday. Because I know Jason last week we even talked about like, is there something wrong with J- Justin Jefferson? You know, how's he feeling? Are those things you saw? A more uh juvenated juvenile like uh excuse me you saw more like uh rejuvenated justin jefferson on sunday you saw a guy they got him the ball early we talked about this. this is a big thing for me get your playmakers the ball and involved early i've always said i think that's an important part of what what offenses should do for their playmakers get them involved early because then you're going to keep them involved during the game and you're going to keep their mindset uh in the game and so um watching adam Thielen and justin jefferson put on a clinic that was a lot of fun watching tyler conklin um step up. I mean, we were, we were hoping to see a game like that. So, um, and again, I think Clint Kubiak to go with Kirk cousins. I think those guys were, they, they were hand in hand. Um, the one thing I do, I think Nick, uh, Nick Olson talked about this on Twitter. I think the one thing you want to see a little bit more, hopefully we can start seeing is a little bit more of the shot plays, a little bit more of the explosive plays. We're not seeing some of that yet. Um, it's a little bit more of that, like Dink and Duckets, and that's not even a negative because the offense is rolling, but you're going to need to start hitting some explosive plays at some point. So hopefully we can start seeing that some of that sprinkled in as we get going. But I think Clinton Kirk and, and the whole offense are doing a really good job. And I didn't even touch the O-line. The O-line, Oli Udo, I think someone mentioned him moving to guard has been fantastic. Brian O'Neill's living up to that contract. He's playing like one of the best right tackles in football. Um, I think Bradbury and Cleveland, I think I still think there's a little work there, but, um, and we'll see what, what happens with Darius on or Rashad Hill at left tackle moving forward. But, the overall, the offense is looking really good, so I'm excited. Lord knows they better not put Darisaw out there this week. Have <laughs> some, some, some welcome to the NFL moments. Your first game in coming <laughs> off injury, you get lined up against that. But, uh, Prince, uh, I want to flip it to the other side of the ball because the game started, and, you know, it's been said, you know, Kirk, ironically with where things started the season, uh, Kirk looks to be playing so well that he's going to save Mike Zimmer's job. Like that's kind of where things seem like they're going right now. Uh, but at the start of the game, the defense was still looking awful. They couldn't stop the run. DK Metcalf was going crazy on him. Um, but in the second half, even though the Manning brothers said halftime adjustments isn't a thing, something seemed to happen in that Vikings locker room at halftime because they turned things around. Seahawks weren't able to get really anything at all going. Russell Wilson seemed confused at times by what was going on with the looks that were, they were showing him pre-snap and post-snap. post-snap. Yanka, what are your thoughts on, on this defense? And given how bad it was at the, the first couple of games and really the first half of last game, does that give you hope that maybe things are starting to gel and come together? Or is it still too small of a sample for, for you to really make any sort of conclusions about what, what to think about this Vikings defense? I'm going to say a little bit of both, Jason. Um, I think the communication um, is definitely improved. I think I mentioned that either last week or the week before that, that there just seems to be a breakdown in communication on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think uh, I think Zimmer might have mentioned that it still feels like guys are freelancing a little bit, so they're not operating within – uh, you know, what Zim is either calling or what, you know, what they know to be um, their assignments and stuff. Um, but I still think it's too small of a sample size. But I will say, though, um, you have faced uh, you've faced some good quarterbacks. Kyler Murphy is a good quarterback. You've faced Russell Wilson. 
Um, guys who like to get, you know, out of the pocket. I wouldn't necessarily say Joe Burrow was the, was that guy, but at least the last couple of weeks, you've been facing some really good mobile car- quarterbacks who can get out of the pocket and make plays. That's going to be great when you have to face guys like Aaron Rodgers down, uh, you know, it, it, later down the road. Um, <clears throat> I just think, I still think there's some issues. Um, you know, we talked about it last week, why Cam Dancer is not getting on the field. He was pretty vocal this last week on Twitter. Um or just the week this weekend, like why he's not seeing the field. Um, I don't understand it. Um, thankfully, this this week it didn't burn us as much as it did in the first two two games. Um, but I, I do feel like you know my hope is that this game was like, hey, the defense is taking a step forward. Uh, my worry is is like, no, I think the Seahawks are playing so poorly where it made the defense look a lot better than it actually was. Now I will say. Uh, Neil Hunter's playing really, really well. Um, I think Springfield and Everson Griffin, as often as they did, did give this defense, that front line, a little bit of a boost. Um, because before he was, he was inactive in that second game. And then that uh, very first game, he was really only used very little. I know it's obviously because he's brought in so late, but I, I do think you have a little bit more teeth on that, that front seven, which is going to make it easier uh, on that back end. So. I, I think it's just more or less just a wait and see thing. It's uh, we have we have some good weapons on on both sides of the ball, um, but uh, let's see what happens when we face a bigger Makefield uh, team. Let's see what happens when offensive I'm line sorry. has to go I'm against. Sorry. Hold on, hold on. I just I gotta I gotta hit pause on this real quick. <laughs> Kurt just outplayed Russell Wilson. And you just had. Let's see what happens when they face a Baker Mayfield led team. Like that not, was the thing I'm you not, just said. I'm not necessarily. I'm not just talking about just the offensive side of the ball. I'm obviously talking about the team as a whole. So I mean, obviously, if the defense is playing poorly against Baker Mayfield, I mean Odell Beckham Jr. is back. Uh, Miles Garrett and uh, J.P. Clowney on both sides of the ball. It's like, the defense. It's the defense I'm more worried about than their offense, to be honest. Yeah. So and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm just and I'm just saying, like I I worry that. Again, if we revert back, the defense gets us in a hole. Are we going to see um, this this offense having to struggle a little bit to try to get us back into the game? So that's what that's my concern is if they score, how's this defense going to respond if we go down a hole, you know, seventeen nothing or fourteen nothing? All right. Well, Miles, let's talk about it then because it's the next game and it's one that you know two weeks ago when the sky was falling. Uh, you know, we were looking at this like, oh, no, is this going to be the game where, like, you know, Zim's job maybe is in jeopardy or something like that, facing right. the guy that they let walk away, staring at 0-4. Obviously, the vibe is very different now. You come off a big win against Russell Wilson. Now you're going, you're playing Baker Mayfield, which, you know, he's an okay quarterback. I feel like he's the type of quarterback that Zimmer will be able to – do some things to confuse him and make him make some poor decisions. So I actually feel kind of okay about the Vikings defense in this. Maybe, you know, knock on wood, maybe that maybe I shouldn't be so bold with that, but I feel okay with the pass defense anyway. Run defense, eh, I don't know. But like Miles, when you're looking at this matchup, uh yeah, I guess break it down for me and let me know what you're thinking on both sides of the ball, like how this one's gonna go. Uh double doink, love the name by the way. Yes, hundred percent. We should we should be using more of a committee for Dalvin Cook than than what they do. Um, we can get into that later. Um, we'll see if he plays. By the way, um, but the offense still hummed and still went uh, with Madison. So um, so here's here's my thing with it with this game. This is a really tough matchup for the Vikings. So besides the Browns being the, in my opinion, the best team that they've they're going to be facing so far in the season. That's just my opinion. I know Arizona's three and zero. 
Um, but I still think the Browns overall are a, are a better overall football team than the than the Cardinals are uh, right now. Football um, Outsiders but, agrees with you. The uh, the Browns are their second ranked team right now in DVOA, so it checks out. I mean, they're they're a good football team. But the the one thing, so Jason, to your point, you were, you were saying I think Zim could get uh, Baker Mayfield in a blender. I actually think because of Kevin Stefanski and the, the way he runs his offense, similar to what we do in Minnesota, I think they're going to find ways to move the pocket. They're going to find ways to, to make the Vikings defense stress more than what, what we saw against Russell Wilson, which is kind of surprising. You actually expect a little bit more of that from the Seahawks than what we got. Um, I exactly, uh, double doing DD, whatever, uh, they are a complete team. So I think from a defensive standpoint, even though they're going to be without Jarvis Landry, um, Odell Beckham's back, uh, Yinka brought that up there. They find ways to still get the ball into playmakers hands and move around and and create um, explosive plays um, and create and creatively they they move a lot of pre snap motion um, their offensive line's really good um, and their overall philosophy and scheme is really good they and they also have arguably one of the best running back tandems in the league to kind of similar to the Vikings in that way and they're built a lot like the Vikings and so the they're going to know how to stress our defense the same way I think our offense is is going to know how to stress theirs my biggest concern is. The Browns' defense is more talented than the Vikings' defense, and that's just facts. They have better, especially in the end coverage. Um, the Vikings have Harrison Smith. Everyone knows how great Harrison Smith is, um, but everybody else is kind of that question mark. Patrick Peterson has been up and down. There's not hasn't been all that consistent. He also hasn't been tested as much, but you saw you saw him give up some big plays. Um, Brashad Breland, um, don't know what to do there. Uh, the Browns, though, the Browns' uh, coverage is is really good. Uh, they have a really good uh, safety tandem. Then they have a really, really good um, cornerback trio. And um, and Denzel Ward's one of the best young cornerbacks in, in football. So um, uh, so where my worry is, is the Vikings haven't really been tested against really good pass coverage. And so I think this is the – and, and then you pair that pass coverage with a Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. The Vikings offensive line has played well, but – you can't sit here and pretend like Miles Garrett and Jaden and Clowney don't scare the hell out of you because they do. And so my worry is kind of like what the Vikings did against New Orleans uh, back in 2019 playoff game. I will not be surprised if we see Miles Garrett and Jaden and Clowney lining up against Garrett Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland, Oli Udo, Rashad Hill, um, a little bit more of to, to find some of the weaknesses uh, along that offensive line and, and obvious passing down. So um, that's where my biggest worry is. Like I said earlier, this is the biggest test the Vikings have is going to have to start the season in the first four weeks is the Browns are the most complete team that they're going to see. So how do they respond to it? I do think though, them being at home is the biggest benefit that they're going to have. That home field advantage is real. And I think we really saw it on Sunday against Seattle. So I think if the Vikings continue, can, can move the, move the ball down the field a little bit, get a few points early. I think that's just going to keep the crowd in it and keeping the crowd in. It's going to be the most important thing to do um, at home. All right, Prince, when you're looking at it, Miles has kind of laid it out. How do you see this game go? Look into your crystal ball. Tell me, what are you thinking? How do you think this game plays out? Talk to me. Yeah, I don't know. I got, I had, I got a little bit more optimistic about this team after that win. And it was, I would say it was a pretty decisive win. Um I, I I do think this Browns team is maybe a little bit better, but I think 
I kind of like what Miles was saying, like how you get some of those games back. I feel like this is going to be one of those games that we might get back for, you know, dropping one uh, earlier. So uh, I see the Vikings actually winning this game to the amount of, uh, say, 30 to 24 Vikings. Um, I think I think the offense is going to roll. Um, I think it will, uh, like you had said, I think Zimmer will, uh, scheme up some stuff and it'll confuse Baker Mayfield. I think we will see a couple picks in this game, um, from him. Um, and I think, I think Kirk will probably play a pretty clean game. Now, I, I do think, uh, that we are, we're definitely going to feel Jadavian Clowney and, uh, Miles Garrett look for some stunts inside, like Miles was kind of saying. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I do think this is going to be a cleaner game. I think, Surprisingly enough, I say if Dalvin Cook does not play this game, uh, play this game, I think the offense is going to play better. Whoo! I'm glad, Prince. Look at you. I didn't want to say up. I, Set I me up with the really. question you knew I was going to ask, and I know Flip will be real mad when he listens to this tomorrow. But it seemed like the Vikings did some things a little bit different. While we just lost Miles, he's completely out of focus. Yeah. We need him to figure that out. Look what, like he's in a witness protection right now, but. It seemed as though it seems maybe it's not the but it feels like when you're watching the game like it is a little bit different when it's Madison. There was a little bit more like screens versus like slamming them in there, running, 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 running. Even though at the end of the game the mix came out to be the same, I think some of that's probably because we were winning, so we ran the ball a little bit more in the second half. But it seemed like they did things a little bit different. The offense was a bit more opened up. They didn't feel like they had to give the ball to like their best player over and over and over again. And it opened things up. They got Justin Jefferson going. They got Thielen going. KJ Osborne is em- continues to emerge. And then of course Madison. He just he he needs to play the Seahawks every week. So if if it's you, this is a really big game against a really good team. Where are you putting it? Do we think Dalvin is playing, or do you think that seeing what the offense was able to do without Dalvin, maybe maybe they're a little bit more likely to let him rest a little bit more? I think they should let him rest, honestly. I think this offense was clicking. Um, sad to say, I love, obviously, I love Dalvin Cook. I think he's, he is a vital part of this offense, but um, I think it's, it's, it's kind of like one unlocks the other, right? Or one shackles the other, I should say. Um, I think Dalvin Cook shackles uh, Kirk Cousins. And I think when Kirk Cousins isn't playing well, it kind of shackles uh, Dalvin to be able to do what he does well. Um, so I, I think if we are going to win this game, I think Dalvin needs to not play. Oh, my goodness. I'm not. Inca, I, I can't talk. do that. I can't I can't go that far. I, Flip, Flip I, I know what you're trying to say, but I think the main difference is the Vikings weren't forcing the ball into Madison's hands. They were doing a good job of of moving him and 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 moving the um the the pocket or not the pocket, but they were using the screen game a lot more against an aggressive Seattle defense. So um that that's that's where they were different. Um, and I think we I, we we talked about this on uh on the timeline flip, but um Madison had 26 carries, but only 10 came in the first half. The Vikings were using the pass game and using the screen game and using ways the the quick passes to to score essentially what they weren't and what they did in the second half is they were using Madison to run the football to kind of secure the and to keep the game uh, under ball control because they had to lead. That's what the Vikings want. The Vikings want to go up early and then they want to play smart, sound, run the ball down your throats and play good defense on 
um, in the second half or on the other side of the, um, on the side of that, once they get the lead, that's just kind of how they've always done it under Mike Zimmer. So Sunday was that perfect mix. Um, but the, what they didn't do is they didn't force feed Madison in the run game. They decided to use all different, uh, types of ways to, uh, to be creative with it. And I think if they were willing to do that a little bit more with cook, and that's not that they've never done it with cook before the issue is they, they just feel like they always need to run Dalvin instead of using him in the pass game. And I think if they were to mix up some of the run game and get Dalvin the ball in the pass pass game, that's a way you can get a little bit more multiple, which is what we saw on Sunday. So that's all I wanted to see. Yeah, and Flip, you are yes, correct. Exactly. They could so. use they they could use Dalvin in that same way. I think that's the hope. I think it's something that uh, many of us have been talking about for a long time. Is that Dalvin is great, but it's been shown like Dalvin doesn't need to be a workhorse if we want him to play for the full season, especially given that the season is a longer season and we want this team to make a run to the playoffs. We want Dalvin to be fresh. We want him to be healthy. Madison looks more than capable. Uh, Kenny may be coming off injured reserve here soon, you know, so there may be some more bodies we can throw at the position. Uh, AJ Rowe, like we have running backs who seem capable. So, uh, you know, hopefully we start mixing and matching. And so when things get, you know, the games really are important and in, in, in the second half of the season, we have a fresh, we have a healthy Dalvin Cook in there uh, ready to go. Prince, you already gave the score prediction, but I didn't write it down. I'm not sure if you even remember what it was, but I'm going to need you to give me that again. So because, uh, you know, we need we need that score prediction uh, for, to, to, to lock this thing in here. Uh, score prediction, and I also give a bowl prediction. Uh, Vikings win thirty to twenty-four. Uh, mm. Baker Mayfield throws two interceptions. Okay, I mean, is two interceptions for Baker Mayfield really that bold? I mean, that doesn't seem that bold. Uh, uh, both the interceptions are going to be Brashad Breeland comeback games. Ooh, okay, I like that. Brashad Breeland moves up from like ninety-ninth to. 87th this week. I like that. I like that. Miles Gorham. <laughs> score prediction. Bold prediction. Well, hey, let me just start by saying I think I was the only CTP member to predict the Vikings to beat the Seahawks on Sunday. Oh no, check check the score sheet. I also had uh Damn. I, I also picked that in there. The the the, the 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 Seahawks didn't do their part. I thought it was gonna be 31-24, I think. Seahawks couldn't get me that last little bit so that I could be, you know, right in there. But uh, I think Ed also picked it, as he let us all know on, on the timeline as well. So, Damn, I mean, I thought you, know, I was you only were one, one of part. a few that's, people. One of a few people. That's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, let's see. So I I think, actually, double doing, we're on the same page right now because I, I think, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring of a game this week. I think we're going to be a little bit more ball control. I think the defenses are going to step up. Um, I see a little bit being closer, like a twenty to seventeen, uh, twenty-four to uh, to twenty type of game. Um, who wins though? Uh, Pick I, one, I'll though. give the nod to the Vikings. Which, that's no, two I'll, scores. I'll, I need I need one. Yeah, I, listen, I'm gonna go twenty-four <laughs> to twenty. I'm gonna go Vikings because I think that home field advantage really does give that uh, the three to four point swing. Uh, that you know, not every not every team gets that advantage. Not every team is has the same type of home field advantage the Vikings do. And I think, um, you know, this is a chance for Mike Zimmer to to show Kevin Stefanski what he's all about and like and why they kept Mike Zimmer around instead of Kevin Stefanski. So um, I think I think this is going to be one of those games where Mike Zimmer is going to want to uh, 
flex it, flex his muscles a little bit. We'll see if his players will will back him up. But but this is gonna be, this is gonna be a good game. Blitz packages that he kept in the back of the book. Let Stefanski, he don't know about all the things. And ooh, Mary coming through thirty-one twenty. Is that this next game, or are you talking about the last game? Either way, I like it, Mary. We're just going to run it forward. It's thirty-one twenty. Vikings over the Browns. I like that. I think we made it. We've come through it. Ooh, Michael coming through. Pierce is going to have two sacks. We got some folks in here saying that Baker. Oh, it's our man Joseph. Have we come up with a nickname with Joseph yet? We're going to work on it. We're going to get Joseph a nickname, but he's saying three INTs for Baker. Clifford's coming through. 24-13 Vikings. I like all of these things. And Seth, we're not talking about that this episode. You're the one who said we need to keep it positive. We're going to keep it positive. Clint will be here for a little while. He's not going anywhere. And uh, that's it. That's all. That's the show. David, come on in. Talk to the people. Let them know what's coming up. I've been busy writing down scores. This is wonderful. Um, Let me find the camera. There we are. I love how everybody's joining us from both YouTube and Facebook tonight. That is wonderful. We've had some great talk, and yes, this is going to be a fantastic game. Tomorrow night, it's on happy hour. We have a Browns guest. We were going to have Doogie, but Doogie had something come up. We have a Browns guest instead. So we'll have the enemy among us for happy hour. Make sure you grab your beverage of choice, preferably alcoholic, and join us. And then, as always, on Thursday, you get the great Flip Mozzie from Climbing the Pocket. And You'll be here to Eric, tell us why all of our takes tonight were incorrect. That's so right. tune in for that. <laughs> and Eric Thompson from Daily Norseman as they go at it in the quickest 20 minutes on YouTube live for Viking Hot Takes. Love it. There it is. Mary, thank you. Thanks to all the listeners, all the viewers. Make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell. And uh, Dean, we won last week. So damn right. We're a great team. Let's check in next week and see if we still are. Because, you know, like Miles said, (laughs) if we win, we're amazing. If we lose, well, we might never win again. So let's see which one it is. (laughs) Dean, right now, we are also a great team. And with that, the good vibes that Seth was looking for. David, play the music. Absolutely. Skull, everybody. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, make sure you rate us. And always feel free to join the conversation here at Climbing the Pocket. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.